Welcome to the Cornerstone Truth New Creation Podcast. Each week we'll explore fundamental truths about the genuine love of Christ being manifest through His people, the Church. During these studies, we will discover that the sincere love of Christ flows from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. This is the goal of our instruction, and we are so thankful you're listening today. Here, grab your Bibles and turn to Psalms chapter 6 and verse 11. Psalms chapter 6 and, or 16 and verse 11. Psalm 16 and verse 11. You will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand there are pleasures forever. And you know the context, that's talking about Jesus Christ. Jesus actually said this. He said, uh, and speaking uh, to the Father, he says, You will uh, make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand there are pleasures forever. But let me remind you, brethren, that when you became a Christian, you were united with Christ and you were seated with him in the heavenly places. That's what the Bible says. And so this scripture you can actually say, for it applies to you. Let's look at that again and put yourself into this verse. You, Lord Jesus, will make me know the path of life. In your presence, Lord, is fullness of joy. In your right hand, O God, there are pleasures forever. That is absolutely true. And for a Christian, that is true right now. Because you are united with Christ and Christ is in you and you are in Christ. This verse is for you and for I. But I want to read another one. Acts chapter 3 and verse 19. These are the two verses that I decided to use this year to kind of be the jump off verses into the the year-long study of presence, the concept of presence. And my prayer this morning is, is that as we take a look at these definitions, you're going to be like, wow. I mean, I have been... And I've been dying to start preaching this. And so this morning, uh, I might get a little excited. So it's pretty amazing. So look at verse 19. Acts chapter 3, beginning there in verse 19. Therefore, repent and return so that your sins may be wiped away in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of of the Lord. Times of refreshing from the presence of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you would help us to understand this concept of presence. I pray that we would recognize and understand, Holy Father, that our presence in other people's lives is either going to lead them to the lake of fire as we go there ourselves, or it will lead them to your heavenly kingdom forever and eternity. And of course, that would be our heart commitment in making sure that we're present first. Lord, I would ask that you would help us to realize just how powerful, how important in our lives this whole concept of presence is. 
every facet of our life, Lord, can be enriched if we would but understand your presence and then our presence in the lives and in the relationships that you've given to us, Father. We ask this in your son's name, Jesus. Amen. As we begin this morning talking about the presence of God, I want to speak of a, a story that happened to me many, many years ago. It was in March of 2000. Many of you know I had the privilege to travel to the former Soviet Republic of Belarus with Steve Doty for the very first time. And I really did not know what to expect. I mean, I honestly had some pretty weird ideas of what it was going to be like. I thought uh, it was going to be uh, KGB everywhere, and, and uh, the minute I opened my mouth and spoke English, they would throw me in the KGB prison, and, uh, and then they would, they would torture me, and, and uh, I, would, I would be singing s hymns, in the jailhouse like Paul and Silas. I mean, I really thought this. I really had these in my mind. You're saying, what a goofball. Well, I didn't know what to expect. I mean, we're like going to the moon. And so uh, I figured I was going to be singing hymns of praise. And of course, they wouldn't know what I was saying, but I would do it anyway because the Lord would know. And then I, I thought, well, you know what they'll do to shut me up? They'll just cut, cut my tongue out. And you're thinking, that's gross. What a bad thought you had. You're weird. Well, that's probably true as well, but I mean, I didn't know what to expect. But the thing that the things that I saw there had a had a tremendous life changing uh, impact on me, and I'm going to share one right now. And it has to do with the power of presence or the lack thereof. We traveled outside of Minsk. We were traveling to different clinics, to different hospitals, and then Steve brought a bunch of food and clothing for children in the orphanages, and so we transitioned about two weeks in our trip. It was about a month long, as you recall, for some of you who are here. And we went to an orphanage outside of Minsk. And uh, as soon as we went through the, the steel gates, it was like a jail, steel gates, and went into the, the director's office, there was this odor that was something I'd never, ever experienced before. How many know that odors stay with you in your mind? And if you smell something like them, you'll have flashbacks. How many know what I'm talking about? It's absolutely true. And so when we went there, it's just a kind of an odd, not-so-nice, pungent odor. And so... Uh, he made sure that we left all of our cameras in his office. I had a camera, Steve did not, so they took my camera and I left it in the office. He says, now we'll go visit the children. And so we went to visit the children, and the very first place we went was the, the baby infirmary. Now, give me a picture of in your mind of what a baby infirmary is. Do you know those little clear, clear little... Thing, tubs and little lights and, and little blankies, right? And little babies, and they had a little, little baby little cap on them. And, and, you know, they're all just beautiful and they're, you know, like they're smiling. That's the picture you get, isn't it? That's not what it's like there. When I went in, there were little wooden boxes and they had some kind of cloth, like a loincloth. It wasn't even a diaper. And the flies were on their faces because 
when they went in to feed them, they would put a ladle of goop in their mouth and the goop would get around their lips and then they would go to the next thing and they'd put food in its mouth and the next thing put food in its mouth and those children just sat there. You would touch them. You know what that's called? Failure to thrive. There was no human contact in their life. The only contact was someone who had to go spoon whatever that stuff was in their mouth. You ladies did not see that because we went to a place called the Barista Baby Home and they were cute, weren't they? You didn't see what I saw about 15 years before. Failure to thrive. I'm concerned that the church is failing to thrive because a lack of understanding of the presence of God first and then a lack of understanding of our part in being present in each other's lives. Because Christ is present in me, and if I understand that, and I am present in your life, then Christ is present in your life when I am present in your life. And if you are present with Christ when you are present in my life, then I am present with Christ because you are present with Christ. And the whole world changes. The last part of the lesson today is basically opening up, I hope, at least a, a little window of how important presence is in our lives. I'm praying that you're listening. Silence your cell phones, please. It's a frightening thing. When you understand the definition of presence, this is a terror applied in the church. And I know some I've lost you some already. Would you would you embrace the word of God over this? Would you embrace the word of God over this? Now I know I've I've turned people off already because of that statement. How dare you say I can't look at my cell phone? That's not what I said. Is that what I said? I didn't say that. This thing will steal the presence of God and your presence <laughs> in people's lives. And you'll see why. I want to jump right in now and I want you to learn some definitions. And these definitions, you'll understand immediately why this can be a powerful, effective tool by Satan to destroy God's presence in your life. Here we go. Point number one. Defining terms for a foundation of understanding of presence. We know the scriptures we just read talks about the presence of God in our lives and the joy that it brings and the refreshing that it brings, but we need to understand what that, that presence really means. 
So here's the first word there. It's out of the Old Testament. It's right from the book of Psalms and chapter 16. Chapter 16, excuse me. And I want you to take a look at this word and think about what the definition is in the Hebrew language. It literally means the face. The word presence in Psalms, in fact, let's turn back there. Psalms 16 and verse 11. That word literally means the face. And so in Psalms in chapter 16 and verse 11, what does it say there? In the presence of the Lord, there is joy. Now change that word to presence, to face. In the face of the Lord, there is joy. Well, that doesn't, doesn't do anything for me, Bill. <laughs> well, let's think about it for just a minute. When you see somebody that you really love, you really love, doesn't matter if you've been married to them for, for 30 years, 36 years, you really love them. Do you love to look at them in their face? Do you? 40 years, 50 years, 60 years? I hope I get there with Sharon. Do you love the Lord? Do you love looking at him? Do you love listening to him? Do you love being with him? That's presence. That literally means the face. That word there means to turn, literally turn your face to lock on to the beloved. To turn your face from that which is not the beloved to the beloved. How many know that this is magnetic? Would anybody agree with me? This is magnetic, isn't it? You get up in the morning and you see your little thing flashing. I got something on my, my magic box. I've been waiting. Oh, the package is coming in! <laughs> and then your mind's gone. I'm just saying. In the face of the Lord, there is joy. And me may not understand that right now, but I pray by the end of this year, you'll understand it. Not only will you understand it, but you'll embrace it and you'll live it. To turn and to face, it literally means to come into the presence of and stand face to face. You know, just like Moses looked at the Lord and he was his friend face to face. So that's what God is calling us to be and do. To know that he is always in our presence and at any moment we can turn and be face to face with our friend, our God, our King. Now look at the, the Greek word going back, if you would, to the book of Acts and, and chapter 3. And in Acts chapter 3 it says that there is, there is refreshing, refreshment in the presence of the Lord. And I need to define that refreshment here in just a moment. 
But as you take a look at that, uh, in, the, in the Greek, it's absolutely amazing as well. Times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. The word there, presence in the Greek, and it's, it's really a kind of a cool word. Proso, prosophon, I think is how you pronounce it. And uh, pros is toward, and the O-P is for optical, the I. In other words, presence is your, when you're present with someone, When you're present with someone, you're looking at them in the eye. Have you ever been talking with someone before, and uh, you're talking with them, and they're looking away, and they're looking around at everybody else, and they're, oh, I'm sorry, what was that? Hang on just a second. And they look at their, their magic box. You ever had that experience? You ever been working with somebody in a, in a store? And they're working with you, and you're and you're right in the middle, and and their phone rings. They don't even know who's on the phone. And what do they do? No, they don't. Hello. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. How important am I? You're not. I don't know who's on the line. Might be UPS. A package for me. No, I'm just kidding. My point is what? Am I putting this back right? Oh, down low. There you go. Presence is critical. The presence here, to be face-to-face, to have one present and in spirit. It's not good enough just to show up and be face-to-face. You have to be there in the spirit. In other words, you need to be listening. You need to be processing the information. You need to be interacting from heart to heart. It has to be more than just physically present. Is the Lord intimately present in your life right now? Yes or no? If you're a Christian, he is intimately present. He knows every thought. He has a deep and abiding concern for every heartache that you have, for every frustration, for every difficulty. He is there present for you. But how often times ago, I don't need your help. I got this one. You're bugging me. And you're saying, I never do that. Well, we do do that when we take control. Brethren, we need to recognize and understand that there's not going to be any refreshing if we don't recognize God's presence in us and our willingness to be present in listening to him and seeing him in the mirror of the New Testament. Face to face, it says. It's rather interesting. There are passages of scripture we're going to get into that says literally, when we look into the scriptures, we are looking at him face to face. If you can understand how God does that, you will grow exponentially in your ability to impact people. I wish you all could have heard the lesson that Kirk brought this morning. We went face to face with Jesus this morning. Powerful. 
Now, I know Kirk can't dance like I can dance, and I know his hairstyle's not quite as good as mine, but I'll tell you what, he had an incredible lesson, and we were face-to-face with Jesus this morning as he presented what it means that Jesus is our friend, and that we can look at that mirror and know that's the kind of friend we need to be for each other. Powerful. I got to see Jesus this morning. I got to hear his voice this morning. And here was really interesting. In that Greek word presence there, it not only is the face, but it's the facial expressions. How many of you know that what you say is not as important as how your face says it? Can I get an amen on that one? Okay, that was kind of wimpy. All right. How many would say that your face says a lot more than your words? I'm really excited that you're here today. Oh, really? I could tell. Okay. You see, we need to recognize and understand presence is more than just physically being there. It's the spirit about which we project the spirit of God in us. And it changes people's lives. And his presence, as we allow him into our lives to control our lives, it changes our life so that we can truly be present in other people's lives. In looking at this, the face, the facial expression, and then it says the presence of your person in the conversation. If the, if you, the person that you are is brought to the conversation and you really do love people as Jesus really loves you as an individual, your body language is going to follow the spirit within. If I don't like you, you're going to know it. You are. And if you don't like me, I'm going to know it. I will. Because your body doesn't lie. Is it possible to lie with words but not with your body? Unless you're a really, 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 really good liar. By the way, you know what's rather interesting? If Jeff were here, he would tell you, when you are listening to someone speak to you, their eyes will tell you if they're lying. I've read a lot of stuff about cues about lying. The eyes will tell you a lie is going on. Body language. I remember Jeff telling me that there was a lady that had murdered her child. And and she was saying one thing that should have been an affirmative like this, but her head was doing this. How can you speak in the affirmative with your head going this way? I really like you a lot. How do you do that? That's kind of warped. You wouldn't do that. We need to be present. Body, soul, and spirit. We talked about that. Now let's talk about refreshing. I love this part, refreshing. How many have ever been hiking, 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 or running, 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 or doing something that's super hot out in the summertime, and you're I, literally you're parched? I mean, it's like, 
gotta get some water. And you just get that sip of water, it's like, oh. And you just, and it drips on your face, and oh, it's, it's wonderful. Times of refreshing. You're gonna be surprised at the what this word is here. Strong says, recovery of breath <laughs> to revive. Uh, recovery of breath. I thought about uh, I thought about my sons, both Ryan and, and uh, Jacob. Uh, they both worked fire service, and and I don't know if they've ever seen someone that they had to revive back back to life uh, to recover their breath. But you know what? Before a person's a Christian, they're dead in their sins and their trespasses, and when they become a Christian, the breath of life comes into them, and they can breathe once again. Thayer says, a cooling or refreshing. And I love this, what Thayer says too. To refresh one's spirit by fellowship, consolation or comforting, and kindness. To refresh one's spirit by fellowship, uh, consolation, or kindness. I thought about that for just a moment. How many like to get a, a, a card in the mail? from someone far, far away that you don't hear very often. How would you like to get a card in the mail? Raise your hand if you do, okay? Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. But how many of you like it better when someone you haven't seen for a long, long time calls you up and says, hey, I'm going to be in town next week. I was wondering if we could get together. What is that better than a card? Because what are you doing for a week? Man, you just can't wait. It's exciting, right? And then when they get there, woohoo! It's great. And you're talking, you're talking, and then at the end, near the end of their time with you, all of a sudden you you go, I only got so many hours left. I gotta tell you everything that I need to tell you right now. It's so amazing, isn't it? The power of presence. How come we don't experience that with God? How come we don't experience that with each other like we ought? How come our lives aren't like Jesus? You know, people flocked to Jesus. They flocked to Jesus. Am I speaking truth on this one? Multitudes flocked to Jesus. Why? It's because he was present in people's lives. Truly present. I want to look at a multitude of examples of Jesus being present. You know what I'd really hope for this year? What I'd really hope for this year is that every one of you would look up every Bible verse on presence. I'm just saying that's what I would hope. Because if you did, oh my. And if you looked up what the Greek was and what the Hebrew was and you really molded around a little bit, how does that relate to my my relationship with God, and how does that relate to my relationship with other people? It would be transformational. Transformational. But now I want to go to my second point, which is which is really going to be very quick. I'm not going to spend a lot of time today because I'm going to spend a whole year on point number two. All right? We're going to spend a whole year on point number two pretty much. So I'm just letting you know, this is an introductory lesson. Take a look at it. Point number two, the vital importance of presence. Total personal presence is essential to all facets or parts of your life. Total personal presence is essential to all, all parts of your life. 
you have to ask yourself this question. Am I failing to thrive in regards to my understanding of God's presence in my life? Now, if we're all honest, what are we going to say? If we're honest, what are we going to say? Yeah, in, in many ways, I am failing to thrive. I, I'm not the perfect representation of Jesus to people in my life. I, I am not constantly aware of his presence, nor am I constantly in my spirit with him in his presence. If I were, then it would be all about Christ. So whether I'm with my wife, with my sons, uh, with my co-workers, with uh, an environmentalist on the chairlift, going, going up skiing, uh, you know, Christ would be present. We need to recognize and understand failure to thrive. Failure to thrive is there is no real present contact. That's what was happening in Belarus. That cannot happen in our relationships. You know what? You might be the only person that is going to bring the presence of Christ into someone's life. You might be the only person that's going to bring the presence of Christ into someone's life. And if you're not present with him, how is he going to manifest his presence through you then? Look at the next one. Physical facial presence. Physical facial presence. So, here I am. I'm bodily in front of you. And you can see my eyeballs and I can see your eyeballs. Great. Is the connection complete? The answer is no, it's not. Okay. Have you ever heard of FaceTime before? Have you heard of FaceTime? What is FaceTime? I don't know what it is, honestly. I've heard about it. It's a video chat? It's kind of like Skype? Is Skype the same thing as FaceTime? FaceTime's better. Okay, FaceTime's better. All right. So I know Skype, and I thought FaceTime was kind of like Skype. That's how behind I am in regards to technology. Well, is FaceTime an uh, iPhone product? Am I doing okay? People listening to this are going to go, that guy's a dummy. I don't want to listen to him anymore. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Okay. I know Jesus. If you want to know Jesus, come on, let's talk. All right, so, so notice FaceTime. Why did they use the terminology FaceTime? Whose face should we be looking at? Whose face should we be manifesting? Are you getting something here, FaceTime? How about Facebook? Why did they use Facebook and FaceTime? Say, well, because it's pictures of people, Right? Hmm. Maybe our Facebook should be the Bible. Hmm. Maybe our FaceTime should be fellowship. Just throwing that out there for free. I don't know. What do you think? I have found something out really quickly, and I got plenty of time. Look, I'm man, you guys are getting off easy today. You know what I found something out? I'm I uh I don't FaceTime, I Skype with Andrew every week. Because we used to get together and we'd have coffee and whatever. And so I get my coffee, he gets his, and now we're, we're, we're doing the, the, the uh, Skype. But I found something out and it really bugs me. Are you ready for this? And you'll know this immediately. If you've ever Skyped a lot, when you look at the screen, 
what do they see? They see the top of your head right here. Because where is the camera? Right up here. So when you're looking at them in the eyeballs, they're looking at your forehead. And they see your eyeballs looking down. How many know what I'm talking about? And I'm going, in my mind, Andrew, look at me. He is looking at me. So this is weird. I have, you know what love languages are? Speaking somebody's love language, you know what I'm talking about? Here's what I've deliberately done. Whenever I am speaking, I'm looking at the camera. It drives me absolutely insane to look at a little pimple on the top of my computer. That's not my son, but I know my son is in there. And because I love him, I'm looking at him. He's down here. Wouldn't it be terrible if the preacher was going, and Cynthia, I think it's so great that you're an amazing person to help me lose weight. I love what you do. You're going, well, look at me, you idiot. <laughs> right? The eyes are critical. Face to face, eyeball to eyeball. That's the Greek word. So when I speak with Andrew on Skype, I look at the camera. Because then I, he sees my eyes. And I said, Andrew, and when you're talking with me, look at the little pimple on the top of your computer because that's me. <laughs> Sorry to tell you, son, that's me, but... That's me, you're looking into my eyes when you do that. Do you see why I hate it so much? I can't see his eyes. And the eyes, eyes speak. So you know, it's not the same. It's a cheap knockoff, it's a cheap counterfeit. So I pray that we could understand this presence Mental, intellectual presence. I need to be mentally engaged, processing the information that you're sharing with me and being responsive to that information. I really do. I need to have the commitment to do that. I need to rationally process the information that you're talking about. Sharon was talking to me, talking with me this morning, and I was somewhere else. And thank goodness, I have a great wife. I went... I didn't catch that because I was thinking about something else. And I must do that a lot because she goes, okay, well, anyway, and then she tells me. It's like, no big deal, like, this is normal. It's like, oh, painful. But the reality is, is that I've come to a, a place in my life when I want to be fully engaged, and I'm aware when I am not. Some people aren't aware. That's a dangerous place to be intellectually processing the information, reasoning it through, and being responsive. That's huge. Look at the next one. Emotional, personal presence. Jesus wept. Jesus wept. I've had people say, well, you know, I don't cry about anything. I'm a real man. Real men don't cry about anything. Especially when it comes to human weakness. You know what? That's just how it is. Are you kidding me? Jesus was present. 
in people's lives. And when they lost a loved one, he cried. He even knew he was going to raise that guy that died Lazarus up again. He still cried. Did he cry for the loss of Lazarus? No, he cried because he was present in those people's lives. I wish you could have been in my office when I got the news that Galena died. Galena is a woman in, in Belarus. She's one of the first Belarusian Christians I met. Sweetest lady you'd ever meet in the whole world. Can I get an amen for those who know Galena? Amazing. And so I got this really ugh, in my pit of my stomach. And I started thinking about her husband, Victor. They've been married over 50 years. I've been married most of my human life. And when I was back there and Galena was not doing well, she was in recovery, you could tell that Victor was like overwhelmed. And that was just a few weeks ago. And then to find out that Galena passed, I was gut-wrenching for Victor as well as Sasha. And I'm sobbing in my office trying to <laughs> console Sasha. That's presence in people's lives. That's what we need. There needs to be an emotional connection in our, our, our uh, presence in people's lives. And then finally, spiritual moral. We need to bring the presence of God's standard of life to others. We don't need to... We don't need to bang people over the head. We don't need to preach it at them. You know what we need to do? Is we need to be ever present in that standard. The man of integrity walks securely. He who takes the crooked path will be found out. Be that man, be that woman of integrity. The standard in what you say and what you do. Develop that by listening to and embracing the truth of God's word. And when you're in any relationship, in the love and the emotion that you have for that person, you will continue to speak and live the truth. No judgment there. Jesus Christ didn't come to judge. He came to impart life. He came to love people. That's what we're supposed to do. We'll leave the judgment to Jesus on the last day. That's where it belongs. Not in your life, not in my life. You live the life of Christ by that righteous standard and people will get convicted by your life. And you're not even saying a word. You're just living it. You're choosing. This is, this is the way I have chosen to live my life. I'm going to live it like Jesus. You know, you need to be present and so do I. And honestly, I have to tell you something. In my study of this, this is way bigger than I've ever ta tried to tackle before. You know what? This one was really easy. I'm going to put the, the next one up next Sunday. Or, or uh, 2019. Even, even being genuine was a little bit more difficult than being positive. Because in genuine, being genuine, you have to, you have to constantly, constantly test yourself, right? This one is way, way, I feel like I'm drowning. I'm just telling you. Because when I, when I read this, I feel like I haven't been present in a lot of lives that I should have been present in. I feel like I'm coming up short and being present in my wife's life, my son's life, in your life. 
I don't want you to run out and say, oh, I don't want to listen anymore because I'm going to get convicted. I don't want you to do that. I want you to understand the power of presence so that we can change the world as we are changed by Christ and his presence in our life. Wouldn't it be great if the church was really the church? Wouldn't it be great if the church was really the church the way God intended it to be? Wouldn't it be great? It can be. Let's pray. Help us, Father, to learn of your presence in our lives first. That you are ever present. What does that mean? Why are you ever present? We need to get that worked out first. The, the second is, is that how can we be present in your life always? And then how can we live that life, that presence in your life with others. That's really what this is all about. I just pray that you would help me to, to teach that. And I pray that the men who are coming for Oregon Family Camp would teach these things and help us. I pray, Lord God in heaven, that this year would be, of all years, the very best year for us individually and as a body of Christ as we draw close to you in your presence and your presence is manifest in us. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.